It is a pleasure to be here with you guys this morning again. Uh, my name is Timmy. Um, I was here about, I think, a month ago, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and you all welcomed my wife uh, and I and my sister came with us the other day, and, um, and we had a great time with you all, and it's a pleasure to be back. I must I did something right, and Pastor Eric asked if I could come back, so, so that's good. Um, before I start, I do want to share a couple of things. One is I do want to say, give you guys a big thank you for your generosity towards us at Redemption Church. Um, if you guys don't mind, could you give yourself a round of applause? Um, you know, last time we came, Pastor Eric mentioned the church to the church to you know support us financially, and you guys went way above and beyond our expectation. And so, on behalf of Redemption Church, I want to say thank you, thank you, and thank you uh, for the seed that you're planting uh, in, in our efforts in North Laurel. And one other thing that I also wanted to share is a um, bit of a, I don't know if I, maybe a sad news, I don't know, uh, but you guys, when I introduced myself to you, it was Pastor Timmy from Redemption Church. And so, unfortunately, we, our name will be changing. Um, we will no longer be Redemption Church. Uh, we, will be, we will become Restoration Church, and that's because we received a cease and desist letter from a local church. I know, it's pretty bad, right? Um, we said our name was were too similar. So rather than litigate and go through all that drama, we said it's okay. We'll take the high road and just change our name. So, um, so we'll, we'll be doing that. We're in the process of going through the heartache of rebranding and talking to the government. And, you know, so that's fun. Um, but, you know, our new name, you know, it'll become official. Hopefully maybe in the next couple of weeks will be Restoration Church. Same theme, uh, same message of that's at the heart of what our Savior did for us. All right, that's about uh, my pre-announcement. Uh, now let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about the kingdom of heaven and a mustard seed. Uh, before we do that, I, um, I'm going to pray for us. Actually, I'm going to read the text, and I'm going to pray for us. Um, our text this morning is Matthew 13, verse 31 and verse 32. It's not on the screen, I don't think, so um, you just have to listen to me. Um, it put another parable before them, saying... The kingdom of heaven is like, a mustard, it's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in, the, in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you that we get to come together and hear your truth. Uh, we thank you for this body, uh, this community at Impact Church. I will pray that the Spirit of Christ would be at work uh, and open up our hearts to your truth. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, this morning, we're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven and a mustard seed. Uh, in this parable, we will be examining, or rather we will encounter something magnificent. In these two short parables, I mean two short verses, we will encounter something spectacular. 
we will encounter something unappreciated. Or we encounter the reality that the kingdom of God is always expanding. And that God has called each one of us to participate in that expansion. Now, we encounter the reality that the kingdom of God is always expanding. And that God has called me, God has called you, God has called each one of us to participate in that expansion. This parable is only two verses. It is one of the shortest parables we encounter in scriptures. What can we gain from a two-verse parable? Uh, what, can be, what kind of information can be packed into a 30-minute sermon on two verses? I think there is much for us to be encouraged and challenged by this morning in this short parable. You know, you all know this. We live in a go, go, go culture. And it is just bad, isn't it? I see this in my own life. You know, we've always got to be doing something. And when we're doing something, we've got to see an immediate result in what we're doing. When you mix a busy culture with the instant gratification culture, that is not a recipe that tastes good. We've got a recipe that may not be tasty. Uh, Jesus tells us in the parable of the mustard seed that the kingdom of heaven is the opposite. Now, the kingdom of heaven is the opposite of what we are used to. The kingdom of heaven is busy, but it is not instant. The kingdom of heaven is busy, but it is busy with the right things. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. The smallest of all seeds, and then it grows. It grows to be the largest of all the garden plants. The kingdom of heaven is busy growing. But because it is growing, it won't appear in its mature and complete state in an instant. It won't appear in its mature and complete state in an instant. There are two questions I'd like to answer from this short parable this morning. Two questions. One is, what is the kingdom of heaven? Two is, how does the kingdom grow? What is the kingdom of heaven and how does the kingdom grow? If you haven't already, you will notice me use interchangeably the phrase kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. What is, the di- what is the difference between those two phrases? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's the answer. Nothing. The writers of the Gospels, chose, they, they, they use whichever phrase that they prefer to use. Matthew specifically preferred to use the phrase kingdom of heaven. And the argument goes that he prefers to use it because of the Jewish reverence for not using the name of God. And so when you read the Gospels and you see in, in Matthew the phrase kingdom of heaven, and you see in Luke the phrase kingdom of God, they are referring to the exact same thing. 
And so when Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, or when Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, proclaims to, the, to, the, to, to his hearers, to the Jews, when he proclaimed to them, after he has experienced the wilderness temptation, and he starts his ministry, and he, and he proclaimed to them, and he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What did he mean by the kingdom of heaven? What is the kingdom of heaven? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought to yourself, what exactly does it mean when Jesus uses the phrase kingdom of heaven? What do you understand it to mean? John the Baptist and Jesus both proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when they both did it, they did it in connection to the ministry of Jesus. They both proclaimed to their listeners, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they did it in connection to the ministry of Jesus. And so the question is, what do we observe in the ministry of Jesus? Or what do we see in the ministry of Jesus? In the ministry of Jesus, we see Jesus engage in a warfare with the powers of this age. In the ministry of Jesus, we see him engage with the impact and the consequences of sin. In, his, in the ministry of Jesus, we see him bringing wholeness and healing to broken people. In the ministry of Jesus, we see Jesus providing where there was lack. In the ministry of Jesus, we see him imploring many to devote themselves to God and to worship him in spirit and truth. We see Jesus ultimately defeat the enemy at the cross when he laid down his life and rose back up on the third day. Now we see Jesus let it be known that it is time for all creation to be redeemed reconciled and restored back to God. What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is God's, God's reign and God's rule advancing on earth, bringing healing and wholeness in the midst of chaos. The kingdom of heaven is God's rule and God's reign advancing on earth, bringing healing and wholeness in the midst of chaos. It is why Jesus prayed in the Lord's Prayer when he said, Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The arrival and the ministry and the, the death of Jesus was the inauguration of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. It was the beginning. It was the, the once and for all redemption of all things and all people. It was the once and for all restoration of, of healing and wholeness that is needed. The Jews, before Jesus, had a kingdom idea. Uh, they had an idea of a kingdom. 
but their idea was limited. You know, their idea of a kingdom was a nationalistic idea. It was a temporal kingdom. It was a kingdom that required the continual slaughter of bulls and goats for reconciliation back to God. But it was never sufficient to once and for all deal with the brokenness of humanity. Deal with the brokenness of all creation. Jesus arrives. He arrives on the scene and he says that the efficacy of my death the efficacy of my sacrifice will move beyond Jerusalem. It'll extend to Judea. It'll extend to Samaria. It'll extend to all parts of the earth. Friends, the healing and wholeness, Jesus says, that comes through me will be for all people. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven that Jesus proclaims is the kingdom where God's reign advances through restoring of all things to the way that he intended. And guess what? We are all part of that expansion. If you've submitted yourself to his kingdom, to his kingship, you are part of that expansion, of that work of God expanding his reign and his rule here on earth. We suffer now, but we know that the kingdom of heaven, that when it reaches its fullness, when it reaches its apex, suffering will cease. We cry now, but there comes a day when our Lord returns to the fullness of, this, of his kingdom when those tears will be no more. Because the kingdom of God is at hand and because God's reign is at work through us, we love differently. Our love isn't reciprocal. It's not, it's not transactional. We love sacrificially. Because God's reign is at work through us, we talk differently. The words we use matter. We don't talk down at people. Our words are seasoned with grace. Because God's reign and rule is at work through us, we behave differently. We think differently. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is God's reign and rule advancing on earth. Bringing healing and bringing wholeness in the midst of chaos. That's what Jesus did through his death on the cross. And we're all part of it. And so the, the second question is, how does that kingdom expand? How does the kingdom that Jesus compares to a mustard seed, how does it grow to be larger than all the trees in the garden plants? How does healing and wholeness extend beyond Jerusalem to the ends of the earth? How does God's reign and rule extend from Sykesville to North Laurel? There are two answers to that question. 
the first is God himself is making it happen. God himself is making it happen. God is expanding his kingdom to places that he intends to. And there's nothing that I can do about it. Uh, God doesn't need my permission to do that. God doesn't need your permission to do that. If you didn't know that, well, now I'm telling you. Theologians, they teach us that God is the first cause of all things. Meaning that there is nothing that caused God to exist. There's nothing outside of God that brought him into existence. He is the first cause of all things. And so God is sovereign. He's not restricted to time and space. God is all-powerful. There is no power outside of his range. God is all-wise, meaning he knows what to do at the exact moment to do it. God will bring healing and wholeness to any part of the earth that he chooses to. And there's nothing that you, there's nothing that me can do about it. But guess what? God in his infinite wisdom, God in his infinite kindness has chosen to use people in that endeavor. And that's the second answer to how the kingdom grows. The kingdom grows through the influence and the work of those who are already a part of the kingdom. And I didn't mention this earlier, but this passage, this parable is one that I was excited to preach to you this morning. Not because I think, you know, you guys will enjoy it, but because it's, it's a parable that has done wonders in my own heart as I prepared it. It's a parable that is especially helpful for me in the journey of church planting where, you, you know, you expect to start gathering and your church go from two years and your wife to a hundred and like the snap of a finger. But the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that grows. And it grows through the influence and the work of those who are already part of the kingdom. If you're here this morning and you're wondering what is my purpose in life, if you're here this morning and you're wondering, I'm a Christian, but I don't know what my life ought to look like. I don't know what I want to do. Well, I'm not going to give you all the answers, but I'm going to give you one of the answers. It is this. Like, you have a role in God's kingdom. You have a role in helping God advance his reign and his rule on earth, bringing healing and wholeness to places where brokenness exists. And that's a remarkable purpose. It's a remarkable task. Jesus' ministry started with one person, himself. And then he called 12 men to join him on the mission to see God bring about healing and wholeness in Jerusalem. Jesus called 12 men unto himself. And, and those 12 and more, they went out and they proclaimed the message of the kingdom to all who would listen. They started from Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost. 
and it extended through Paul's missionary journeys among the Gentiles. Not only were they proclaiming a message that is the power of God to bring about salvation, but they were meeting needs according to the gifts and abilities that God has given them. They were healing people who were unable to walk. They were casting out demons. They were opening the eyes of the blind. Do you realize that the suffering that we exist in, that, that, that we experience in this life is not what God intended? It is not how God created his creation. Brokenness exists. And those early disciples went around proclaiming God's message and at the same time bringing healness with the gifts and abilities that God has given them. Maybe you're sitting here this morning saying, hey, listen, brother, I can't heal nobody. But God has given you a gift. In what ways can you alleviate the brokenness that is caused by sin in this world? In what way can you, through the working of the Spirit of Christ in you, bring about healing in the life of others. Maybe you didn't have a good marriage. Maybe you didn't see what a healthy marriage was growing up. But now you're married and God has allowed you to, to have one, to have a marriage. Can you be that example of what a healthy, godly marriage looks like? Maybe you've been abused by authorities. And now you're in a position as a Christian to, 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 to be over others, whether it's in your work or in, 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 in any other circumstance. How then will you lead? The disciples went around preaching, meeting needs according to the gifts and abilities that God has given them. Take a moment to think about this. You and I are beneficiaries of the work and influence of men that we will never meet. Twelve men from a nation that was of no significance. They followed a leader from a city of Nazareth that was of no value. And yet, here we are, 2,000 years later. The kingdom has expanded to many more nations than we know of. And it's not even yet at its apex, at its fullness. Let me bring it closer to home. Who was influential in you coming to faith and being welcomed into the kingdom of God? Think about that person. Think about that group. Now, think about the people that you've been able to impact because of your transformed life. Think about the places and the people that God has used you to help experience the kingdom of heaven. If you're having a hard time, let me help you out. Not Laurel. Or your support for us 
allows us to do the work that God has called us to. And all the lives that we would touch as a church will be because of you, because of your work, because of your influence. Isn't that spectacular that you get to contribute to the expansion of this kingdom, even though you look at me and you say, oh, we just, we just support that one church. That's all we did. But the work that we do, the influence that we have, the contribution that we get to have in expanding God's kingdom is because of you and the work and the influence that you have, that you've contributed to us. This is why Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven to a grain of mustard seed. That is the smallest of all seeds. The, the mustard seed may not literally be the smallest. However, Jesus is using a hyperbolic language to get at the appearance of insignificance. To get at the appearance of insignificance when the kingdom appears in its immature and, and un- un- incomplete state. It starts out as something that has no significant potential. And then slowly and steadily it grows. It grows. It grows. And it grows to become of major significance. The time and effort that you pour into others. The time and effort that you pour into Impact Church. The time and effort that you pour into your community. The time and and effort that you pour into your family may seem of little significance. But this is how God expands his kingdom. That is how the kingdom of heaven grows into its fullness. It is is through the ordinary rather than the extraordinary. It is through the the influence that you have, the, the small effort that you put in, that help to bring about healing and wholeness on earth. Because everywhere and every place that the Spirit of Christ enters in, uh, any place that the gospel of, of Christ is proclaimed, and every time someone embraces Jesus, that is one life that is changed. That is one place where God's reign is now dwelling, where God's rule is now presence. Because any place that you go, any place that someone who believes in Christ goes, God is reigning and ruling in that place. So when you're at work, guess what? God's reign is present through you and through your actions. God uses your transformed life, my transformed life, inadequate as you may feel, Imperfect as you may feel, unprepared as you may feel, God uses our transformed life to advance his rule and reign on earth. God uses it to bring about healing and wholeness on earth. Isn't that significant? That the creator of the universe, the one who is all sovereign, is at work in you. For the benefit of others, even when you don't see it, even when it seems insignificant. 
Maybe some of you like to go to the gym. I don't know, but I, I do. Well, let me not say that. My wife does. I, I don't. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys where, you know, I'm all in for like the first two weeks, and then the third week I'm like, man, I'm done. <laughs> and so, if it, you know, this always happens. If I go back to the gym after not being there for a while, you know, you're, you're all hyped, and, you know, you're pumping the iron, you're doing everything you can, you're straining your muscles, and then you're done. And then for some reason, I go in front of the mirror expecting to see a transformed body. <laughs> and I'm disappointed to, to see that my feelings does not match up with what I'm looking at. The kingdom of God could have could easily be compared to working out. Each workout may seem insignificant, right? Because you don't see any significant improvement. But the muscle is working. The muscle is being stretched in ways that you can see it. The conversations that you have with people, the people that you help, the impact that you have on one person, you never know what, what impact that person will have on somebody else. And then it compounds. Let me encourage you all this morning. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in standing up for truth. Don't grow weary in being filled with hope. Don't grow weary in standing firm in your faith. God uses it all. God uses it all. Your triumphs and your defeats. When you're standing tall and when you're low on your knees, God uses everything for the advancement of his reign on earth. He uses everything to bring about healing and wholeness here on earth. You're part of the growth of that mustard seed. Your labor, your impact, your faithfulness, they all contribute to that seed becoming a tree. And I know sometimes when we look around, it doesn't seem like God is at work. Sometimes we look around, uh, it doesn't seem like God is reigning and ruling. We have wars when we look around. You know, we see poverty when we look around. We see cancer when we look around. We see diabetes. We see famine. We see fatal accidents. We see disabilities. We see infertilities. We see loneliness. When we look around, we see abuse. We see anxiety, depression. We see betrayal, and we see many more things. But know this, church. Know that the seed is growing. It may not seem like much. But it'll get to where we hope it'll be in due time. God's kingdom is growing. Healing and wholeness is happening. And one day, it'll reach its apex. One day, it'll reach its fullness. One day, all those things 
will be no more. Those tears will be wiped away. Cancer will be done. Diabetes will be no more. Fatal accident will be a thing of the past. The day is indeed coming. The kingdom of, God, kingdom of heaven, rather, is at hand, and it is expanding. God is reigning. He's bringing healing and wholeness in the midst of the chaos. In the midst of the chaos. And one day, it will completely drive out all the chaos. And in the meantime, he's using you. He's using me. He's using Impact Church. He's using Redemption Church to advance his reign. To wrap up, notice how Jesus ends the parable. Notice how Jesus ends the parable. He says, the birds of the air come and make their nest in his branches. Why would birds nest in the branches of a tree? They do so because the tree, uh, the branches are strong enough to hold them. They do it because it is a place of comfort. They do it because it is a place of safety. That is the experience of someone who is experiencing healing and wholeness. You see, friends, when you enter into the kingdom of, God, kingdom of heaven, it is not a promise that all will be well. No, far from that. It is not a promise that your days of trouble are a thing of the past. But it is a promise that God is strong enough to hold you. It is a promise that God gives the ultimate comfort and rest. That God will protect and keep you until it brings you home. Every church ought to be a reflection of what the kingdom of heaven is like. Every church should be healthy enough to deal with the weight of those who are part of its community because there is mutual encouragement and intentional presence in each other's lives. Every church should be a place of comfort and a place of rest. Every church should be a place of safety to those who call it home. If you belong to Jesus, friends, you're part of his kingdom. And Impact Church ought to reflect what that kingdom is like. And you know, I have no doubt that Pastor Eric and your pastors, that they're leading you toward that endeavor. And if you're here this morning and you don't believe in Jesus, you're not yet part of the kingdom of heaven, let me invite you to consider the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you to come to a place where you can find healing and brokenness for your soul. It is not a promise that all will be well and that all your problems will be solved, but it is a promise that the one who rules all creation is on your side. And I don't know about you, but I want the strongest and baddest man on my side when it's time for war. 
Jesus is on your side if your faith is in him. And he promises to use you to expand his reign and his rule on earth. What a joy it is to be part of this kingdom of heaven. Let us pray. Lord, you are good and we thank you. They've, they've given us the grace and you've given us the pleasure of not only being grafted into your kingdom, but also to be used to expand it. Thank you for Impact Church and what they've been able to accomplish in the last five years in Sykesville. Thank you for the work that you're doing through this church in this community, using them to bring healing and wholeness in places where brokenness exists, in places where there is a lack. Thank you for your goodness with this church. Pray, Lord Jesus, that you continue to work in all of our hearts, drawing us closer to you, making us more like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone say amen. Please stand and worship.